0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car to
0: This morning we had an interesting morning. Yeah, we did. We, we, you may have watched, if you watched our, our Facebook feed or Instagram or whatever, you saw that we were on our local TV station. However. Yeah,
1: it was early.
0: I didn't even tell you this. It was very early. And on my way out the door, I'm feeling all proud of myself, feeling all good about myself because I'm about to go be on TV. I mean, I know okay. we're on TV on Velocity, but this was on live TV, TV.
1: But live TV is a different
0: thing. And it was very weird to be on TV talking about being on TV. Did that strike you? It was like that yeah, picture-in-picture moment. I was having a, it was very strange. But I I'm had really a total bad. reality check before I left the house. Okay. Right before I left the house, I thought, you know, I ought to go to the bathroom before I leave. And I walked into our downstairs bathroom. Right. To find it promptly clogged.
1: Awesome. It's
0: fine. So I had to go get the plunger. <laughs> and solve a toilet full of madness before I went. To be all excited about myself to be on live TV and look it, at me on the TV stuff That's always star. the case. You always have it to was, deal with life stuff. It was just, some important it, in the middle of that nastiness, I just thought, this is actually exactly the reality check I needed. This is, all, <laughs> my life has gotten glamorous, hasn't it? Instead of the debates,
1: which we have gotten into uh, early on in some past, past podcasts here. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm excited to jump into these, but I wanted to start off by talking about this all-electric pickup truck That is all of the news right now. I want to touch on this briefly because I've said so many times, why aren't car manufacturers focusing on an electric Mm -hmm. pickup? Mm -hmm. I think that would sell like hotcakes. So here's one. It's called the Workhorse W15. Now, it's not fully electric. It is considered a plug-in electric vehicle, and it does have an onboard gasoline engine. Mm -hmm. So I'm Mm -hmm. a bit disappointed, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is a first step. But I just wanted to say, awesome. We're... We're on the road. We're yeah, finally yeah. going towards this direction, and I'm not a well, pickup truck guy. Either. True,
0: and and of course Elon Musk is saying that they're going to do a pickup finally, but they're going to do one on the on the Model Three chassis, supposedly. Sure. How they're going sure. to do? Just just a side note. How this company, mm-hmm. who has not, so they, they, I don't know if you just heard this past week they announced they were they were on track for quarter one. They did sell twenty five thousand vehicles in quarter one. Delivered twenty five thousand vehicles lay that alongside the 400,000 000... a year. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if we get enough if we're quarters, we're shooting for half a million. If we many... can get
0: enough quarters, quarters, we can deliver our our 400,000 vehicles. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be hard. But so so there's that. But then this company that needs to do 400,000 Model 3s is also supposedly in the same time frame going to do semis and pickups. Wow. When does the reach exceed the grasp there?
1: Well, It has already done so because I do follow the stock market. Mm -hmm. I am actually Mm -hmm. pretty interested, to be honest. Yeah. And I'm reading analyst reviews about the business model, and there's financial analysts that have now admitted the stock price is disconnected from their sales reality. It on is no other planet or company. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Is yeah. the stock price where it does not reflect yeah. what the company is doing? Yeah. They still are blowing through cash. Absolutely. They, they are bringing in a lot of money, but yeah, they're blowing but through not cash. enough. They're still courting investors, and here this financial analyst is now admitting, you know what? It really doesn't matter. It's based on you just want the Tesla. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. just want it. Well, and and, and it's, it's shot. The stock price has just shot up mm-hmm. as of this recording. I. I'm staggered. At it, the it
0: is astounding. It, it's a bulletproof stock right now, and everybody that has lost the most money in 2016 in the stock market are all the people that short sold Tesla. Yeah, they're yeah. the people that lost the most money in a calendar year, which is frightening. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I am amazed that Tesla is trying to cover all the markets. Mm-hmm. I, I there is a part of me that feels like, okay, you know what? Focus on the car thing. Seriously, just <laughs> yeah. just pick some models and focus because you can't you can't do them all. You just can't. <laughs>
1: This to a guy that owns Solar City now and builds rockets to send to outer space. By and the it, way, he's digging tunnels. He wants to dig tunnels and in L.A. Has the Hyperloop above ground too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's just what we know about. That's what we know. That's, so, that,
0: well, that's what's had press conferences in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> but but back to this back to this electric pickup. You're right. Yes. It is that hybrid thing. It's kind of like the Volt model. Okay, it's the it is. It has some electric only running, and then it also has a gas generator, so you can get yourself uh, keep yourself from being stuck. Yeah, which, yeah. honestly, from a pickup perspective, I think is smart.
1: I, I agree because it, if you I wind
0: agree. up at a work site and you're out of electric power, that's a problem. The other thing I think is cool about it, though, is the electrics on it can be used to power your electric uh, tools on the worksite.
1: Yeah, which is a you great point. You can plug
0: into it. It's got actual plugs on the bed, so now you're not carrying. Theoretically, you're not carrying a generator.
1: That's true. That's true. You're driving I, your yeah, truck
0: out there and using that, which is a pretty cool idea. Somebody that uses trucks thought of that. They, they thought this
1: through. But the engineers who designed the Lockheed F117 Nighthawk, mm-hmm. yes. it's as if they applied their design sensibilities to this truck. Well, it looks it's like they took
0: a Silverado and, and went, pretty. it looks like they took a Chevy Silverado and went, we could make that look worse.
1: Let's slice here. <laughs> let's add meat there. Uh-huh. Let's, let's not make this pretty. And this will be our workhorse.
0: Your design brief is please don't make this pretty. Just yeah.
1: because it's a work truck doesn't mean it can't look beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't see the non-correlation. I yeah. Well, but I, of I'm course you know for beautiful styling here. You
0: know my problem with it is that it's just in. We didn't bother to paint it silver.
1: <laughs> and and again, back to the functionality. It's mm-hmm. just function. It's sort of like is. structures in Alaska. There's not really beautiful architecture there. It just works. <laughs> this, it's just This functional. will
0: survive a terrible winter <laughs> exactly. and scene. You know, speaking of pickups, on my way actually over here, because I have to I have to come to the studio now to do the podcast. Yes, you do. On, on my way over here, I saw one of the weirdest car things I've seen in a long time.
1: Coming just now? Just
0: in, Yeah. It took me really? 10 minutes to get here. And, I, I, and And if it wasn't dark, I would have tried to take a photo, which I don't like to take a photo <laughs> while I'm driving, but it was worth it. There was a guy in a flatbed pickup. Okay. So not an actual not pickup with sides, an actual flatbed, big diesel dually flatbed, right?
1: Okay, okay.
0: On the back is a dolly lying lying down on its back. Okay, instead of vertical, the dolly is now lying down. Strapped to the dolly <laughs> is an enormous, like with the big handles and the chrome, an enormous, very expensive coffin. What? Yes, on the back of it. And this was not a hearse, ladies and gentlemen. This was a Uh, beat down dually flatbed pickup, diesel, etc. And he's just cruising along on the freeway hauling a coffin kind of kind of strapped to an old rusty dolly. And I just thought somewhere in the chain of events of that coffin, it's going to be looked at reverently. And right now is not that time
1: could crack some jokes, you know, is that your (laughs) ex-wife? We could uh, could could go there. Go for a while.
0: (laughs) We have a couple of good uh, car debates to cover this evening. One of them is Alex in uh, Denver, and we also have uh, Jamin writing to us uh, as well with an interesting question about teenagers' cars. He's kind of pointing that at me because I talk about driving an orange teenager's car. So I want to talk about both of those and so many questions. Yeah. So many good questions.
1: A lot of great questions. Well, let's jump right in here with Alex, as you said. He does drive a pickup truck, which is kind of, one of why I wanted to cover the pickup sure. truck yeah, up yeah. top here because he he used to be a construction superintendent, but now as a construction manager... And still has his 2012 Chevy Silverado 1500 extended cab. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he said he doesn't like to use the truck now like he did when he was a superintendent, filling the bed with tools and materials. And- he
0: just doesn't need to.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, when you go around a corner too fast there, you get a dent from the inside out, mm-hmm, yep. which is a problem. So now all he's using it is for skis in the, yeah. in the bed. He's got his lunchbox, computer bag, all the stuff that he needs. And he likes driving the truck. I think he's still, Alex, I think you still have a connection to it. Certainly. From your, There's you know, history there. I've always had a truck. Exactly. Yeah. This is what I've always had. But at this point, what he's asking for is, what's a fun car that will be good for the commute mm-hmm. and the weekend stuff, but still kind of fits in this, I can drive onto the construction site, I can still show up and not be, you know laughed off the job in terms of like, wow, what a beautiful car. It doesn't belong on the construction site kind of thing. Or, you know, it's just going to take the abuse. Yeah, Because he is saying here the precious factor is an issue. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want it Mm -hmm. to be so precious that, you know, I can't get anything. I can't drive fast on gravel or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got to be something right in there. So he's given us some this good is, suggestions
0: here. It's interesting that he's trying to fit all these parameters. What I like about this, Alex, is the fact that you're going, okay, you've come to that realization that Paul and I talk about. Look, if, if you're out there and you need a pickup, yes, get a pickup. Oh, yeah. But if you're yeah. a person who three times a year, you're going to put something in the bed of a truck, I'm going to say it to you again. You don't need a pickup. Rent a pickup <laughs> when that needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. So That's the thing with Alex. He's come to this realization, all my life I've needed one. Now I don't need one. Right. So great. I can do something else. And then, yeah, there are all these factors about wanting to take it still to the job site. But you live in Denver, and you drive to the mountains regularly. So you're zooming down the great Colorado mountain roads and and wishing, I wish I had something better for this. Mm -hmm. This is fun. I I have a wild card that may surprise everybody a bit. But we've also got some Usual Suspects discussions in here.
1: Really? Okay. I'm I'm curious to hear it because I've got one, too, that's out there, mainly because he gives us a budget of forty to 50000 which is pretty healthy. That's good. Excellent. That's yeah. a great budget. Yeah, yeah. He suggested the WRX, the WRX STI, A4, mm-hmm. Focus mm-hmm. RS. We've never talked about the WRX in terms of, uh, I guess, its off-road capabilities or Not rally yeah. sensibilities mm-hmm. or... You know what you're might gonna beat this up it's always mm-hmm. talked about in terms of you've got 25 grand you want a fun sports car you want an
0: all-wheel drive four-door exactly this is the boxes we will checked them all exactly WX. Yeah. so
1: we're bringing this up in a different sense of mm-hmm. you know what you could kind of take this onto the construction site and sure of course you know he's got a lot of job sites to visit dirt roads track out pads he's saying 50 feet of two inch rock to knock the mud off the tires before he goes back onto the public yeah. roadways, which, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know you've been on a construction site.
0: Yeah, when that's you know, the
1: setup. Way deep in there. So, okay, these are cars to start with. And, Alex, for that reason, I do like the WRX a lot. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. going to be a great car, but it, it's nowhere near your forty to $50,000 budget. You could probably buy
0: two. Just about, For yeah. that kind yeah, of money. just about, uh-huh.
1: So I think, all right, you know, before we get into the, you need a Baja Beetle or the Volkswagen Dune or the <laughs> Volkswagen All Track or whatever that the is. Aerial
0: Nomad. <laughs> Ooh, that's a great one.
1: They're not fifty grand, though. You
0: will arrive at the job site covered in the mud of the drive. Out. <laughs> covered
1: in the job site.
0: <laughs> you don't need storage space. You've got get get one of those one of those those tough wrapped computers. Get one of those. You know, yeah, the
1: Panasonic Toughbook. Thing. You know, get one yeah. of
0: those. You know, you 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 peel off your. Go- this is kind of a cool image. I'm, I'm paying to Alex. You peel off your goggles because they're muddy, and you just have a muddy face with the two circles of, totally. of clean skin. It's gonna be an aerial nomad. I just stumbled upon that right now. Thanks for thanks writing in, we're done.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, not even close to that price, but he does say he wants a more conservative look for the construction site as, you know, being a construction worker. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. So that brought me to this car here, Alex. Okay. I'm going to the website right here and I built one. It's the Volvo S60 Cross Country. It's hmm, not the wagon. Okay. It's still the S60,
0: conservative sure, looking, sure, but it's Okay.
1: It's like Volvo does an STI, only classier, more luxurious. The seats mm. are fantastic. Mm. And it's going to be more expensive car here, but it's going to be more of a luxurious car. I've never recommended this
0: car. I'm yeah. curious as yeah. to
1: who this car is for. But maybe it's for Alex. Maybe it's for <laughs> Alex.
0: Really, it's Volvo, it's we have of... found your customer. Remember when you did all that market <laughs> research and you were trying to figure out who he was? His name is Alex. He lives in Denver. But you're the target
1: market for this car, apparently, because... It looks like Audi does the all-road. I like what Audi has done. Yeah. But if you're not into the wagon thing, and even that all-road sits a little bit lower, this is pretty high off the ground. And it, it really does look like mm. Subaru does, or Volvo does, the Subaru STI thing. Sort of a bit of a rally look to a luxury car. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Which, if you think about it, Subaru has the lock on this market.
0: They do. There is do. really
1: nobody else. I mean, yeah. our, our Evo has The Evo's out the away, door. Yep, yep. And... I mean, not even Ford. I like your Focus RS suggestion here, but Alex, you're going to be driving around on some pretty low profile street tires, performance tires, unless you change them out, of course, which you could. Mm -hmm, You could mm -hmm. kind of rallyize it, you know, and and make it that car. So I do like it for that reason, but primarily it's an on road sports car. I mean, that is, you know, it comes with really huge tires and wheels, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you could change it. You could. Extra cost. But I'm just wondering about this Volvo, just. Very conservative. It, it's very, you know, pulled back in a, in a styling sense, but I like it. It mm-hmm. Looks great. They start at forty four thousand dollars here, and it's going to be a luxurious car. It's going to be a nice place. It to will be a nice car. So yeah. I'm just yeah, I'm yeah. wondering about this. Uh, yeah, turbocharged engine. I'm kind of wondering. There, um, there's
0: there's a couple sides of this for me. And I'm glad, of course, you brought up those usual suspects, the WRX uh, and the STI. I love that you brought those up. You brought up the A4, and I think the A4 is a great option here. You actually, you know what you should do? You should go. You should go S4. S4. And you should go S4. You you could even go S4 manual. Yeah. That would be really interesting because then you would get the upgraded version. I mean, we drove uh, Audi A4s couple couple uh, about a year ago. We released that video. Yep. It was the old uh, RS4 versus the B. I'm going to get it wrong. Was it? It was B7 RS4 and B8 S4. B8 we do that generation. Yeah. S4, so anyway, correct. and yep. now we're up to the beginning of the B9. Yes, I'm getting into Audi nomenclature. How many of you are still with me, or yelling at me? One of the two is happening. <laughs> you either, you're either asleep falling asleep or you're yelling me. Definitely. But um, but so you could look at those. Those are absolutely worthwhile. You can, if you look hard, it is possible to find manuals, which is interesting. But I had a couple others I wanted to bring up. Now, I want to talk about the Focus RS for a second. We like that car. You can watch our piece about it versus all the competitors. We like yep, it. Yep. But we keep hearing the same thing about that car. And I want to bring it up specifically for you, Alex. That car has a tendency to A. Ride hard to the point that people commuting on highways start to wonder, is this the car for me? Well, you're going to mm. be in some really bumpy situations <laughs> right. way off the highway. Right. That's point one. I mean, I love your point about tires, Paul. That's going to be an issue. But even you if you soften those, up, those up, I mean, the soft setting of that suspension is still really stiff. Yeah. And you're going to be yeah. banging around in this car, which leads me to my second point, which is everybody we know that has one has been surprised at the number of rattles that have kind of reared their ugly head mm-hmm. early on in the car's life cycle. Just squeaks and rattles. in of course, in the interior exactly. Kind of you can you can obviously yeah. you can chase those. You can put foam in. You can do that stuff. But the people that we know that have owned them, that has been a ca- the situation. So that's something to, to at least think about for the Focus RS. I have to say, I have to bring it up. I know it's old, but there's a weird mix here because you want a fun car, you want it to be kind of classy. But you don't want it to be too precious. This is a weird combo happening here. You do have as much as fifty grand to spend, so I'm going to go a little nuts here now, Alex. Okay, <laughs> I am going to bring up the Evo X.
1: Okay, if yeah. you bought
0: an MR, the MR does not have the wing.
1: Right. I think right. the
0: MR will look like a classier car than either of the Subarus.
1: I could see that. I could see that. And, and the it, interior is going to be very not precious. No, Let's that's true. Put it that way. That's
0: true. Uh, But that brings me to my other point, and that is, have you thought about this? I know when I first heard this, Alex, I thought what I'm about to say was insane. But now that I live in Utah where a lot of road debris bounces around all the time and my car is not fully covered, I think about it. Hmm. You know, there's that clear bra stuff. Yeah. Throw that right out the window for a second. There are plenty of people here in Utah, plenty of people with really nice sports cars. They get their entire car done. Yeah. Yeah. They take it to the place that does that. first thing they do is they get kind of the paint protection the paint paint uh, what do they call it refreshing of the paint to fill in yeah. all the little problems, yeah, and then they clear protection the entire car, yeah,
1: which you can. it's not inexpensive, but it's you can. not
0: it's you not, can. but i I really wonder about that for you, Alex, because I wonder if that creates the scenario where you could get something a little nicer. And be less hmm. concerned,
1: hmm. Yeah.
0: because if you are on a job site and a rock jumps up and it bites the clear coat, you get that panel redone. It's it's not it's not a problem beyond that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to submit that to you as a add-on to whatever you get. You could get the entire car done. We know a guy here in Utah that found. One of the most pristine, great deals on a 911 GT3 RS last year. And the guy that he bought it from was really meticulous and had a beautiful car. But the first thing this new owner did was he peeled off the, like, done-to-the-hood clear and did the entire car. Yeah. And it's gorgeous, and now it's hyper-protected, and he feels very confident taking it to the track or whatever. So that's why I bring this up. I think that's a real interesting thing to do the entire car in the clear coat film.
1: No, you're right. I've done that to uh to the Cayman, but mm-hmm. not the whole car. I've just just, done, but the,
0: you, did the, you did more the, than the just the front little end pieces, yeah,
1: and the rockers and the you know the kick up area just behind yeah. the rear wheels. So I'd love to have the whole car done, but it was a lot of money and yeah. all that stuff. And there, so. and, and you're I'm speaking off road.
0: You're, you're speaking to the middle variation here, though. I mean, right, what right. most people get is like half the hood or just the hood and a couple of fenders. Right. You went farther than that. You went almost to the A pillars all around, and then you did yeah. the haunches, if you will. Mm-hmm. Which is almost mm-hmm. like the middle version. I'm talking about the full just the car version. Car. Yeah. Which for what you're doing, Alex, I think it would just create a scenario where you don't have to be precious. You're gonna be careful you don't have to be precious.
1: For whatever you get. So you're now
0: saying. I'm gonna so now I'm gonna bring up two other cars that are okay. gonna seem wild cards, but I'm putting them behind the protection film idea. One, we're talking STIs, Evos, but you got fifty grand, Mercedes GLA. Yeah, that's true. It is the, the, uh, it is the step up. the 45? Yes. AMG 45? The AMG 45. Yeah. Get the GLA. Oh, speak, actually, this is random. Speaking of the GLA, my wife this week has a rental car. Her yes. Cayenne is in the shop. Somebody hit her. It's stupid. Somebody backed into her in, in a parking, uh, yeah, parking lot. Right. My that's wife right. was sitting still. Somebody backed into her and looked at my wife like, what are you doing there? And she was like, well, I'm the one in the SUV. You're the one in the car. How did you not see me? <laughs> anyway, crazy. that's a side note. But so her car's in the shop. She has a rental it is the Infinity QX30. You mentioned this. Have you driven it at all? I have driven it. Driven it a little bit. Okay. Now, yeah. for those of you not following along, because let's be honest, it's Infinity nomenclature. None of us are following along. <laughs> Q <laughs> is their cars. QX are their SUVs. Okay. So QX30 is their smallest SUV. You know what it is? It's the GLA. It's a GLA. That's how they got that it's, small market. It's a GLA, yeah. almost throughout. It's.
1: Well, you said the Mercedes switchgear. The, the Mercedes
0: switchgear, the, the seat, little Mercedes seat thing yeah, that they put on, on the, door the door panel. looks like a seat. There it is, Mercedes. Nobody My wife got in and went, where's the seats? And I went, it's right here on the door panel because it's Mercedes. Uh-huh. But you know what shocked me, though? It's got the two-liter front- front-wheel drive in it, two-liter okay. turbo right. engine in it, right. which has actually got decent punch. Granted, I drive an FRS, Everything has decent punch. <laughs> but it, it's got Your decent lawnmower punch. lawnmower has decent punch. But it sounds like a diesel. No kidding. It just sits there and just chuffs away like it's some sort of diesel. It's got decent power, but it's... This is the other end of the spectrum from the AMG 45 we're talking about. Once you get the AMG 45, GLA, all-wheel drive, that is a little hot rod. And it is the step up from these Evos and STIs and those kind of things.
1: You'd have to do the tire compromise thing on that GLA 45. You would. You because would. that is also, that comes with 20s,
0: Absolutely. very low yep.
1: profile. You'd have yep. to do something, Alex, if you considered that car. Mm-hmm. We really liked it, but mm-hmm. again... You're gonna to have to go to 18s and get some more meat, you know. I think something, it's probably a good. That's probably a good something thought. a little different, in, in addition to having a wrap, because yeah, you're gonna it's fast. You're gonna to want to take it fast yeah, on definitely. those entry and exit routes. But it'd
0: be great on you know running around to go skiing or going on the back roads or just yeah. having fun driving it. It'd be yeah. a blast. And that brings me to my other wild card. I know I'm way out in the weeds because you said you're worried about precious, but you could get a 997 Carrera 4 or even a 4S for your money. <laughs> wrap the whole car. I mean,
1: I see and I'm, and I'm with the Rothman's livery and it's the off-road Dakar well, rally but, but, car. Well, but but you're bringing up the point. Like the 959. You're, you're bringing up the, the point.
0: Those cars have been rally cars. Yeah, 911s yeah. have been rally cars. Yeah. The, I feel like the thing holding Alex back here is the precious thing, but that's why I say wrap the whole car. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And
1: you could do the plasti dip thing too if you wanted to change the color. That's, well, or but or I he mean, could that's or a he could good protection, Yes. Route too. or he
0: could wrap the car in a color. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to say to you, Alex, buy a silver one and change it to any other <laughs> color with a wrap. And then you've protected the car and changed the color. Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm out in the weeds, but 997 Carrera 4 would do all, they're everywhere here in Utah. Yeah. Year round, they're yeah. everywhere. Yeah, they are. You could do all your ski stuff. <laughs> what are the guys going to say when you roll up in the 997 my, and they that's have pickups? My next I know, thought I know. They're going to
1: think, wow, we're paying him too much. Maybe. <laughs>
0: But then you get to tell them, honestly, that you spent less on your Porsche than they did on their loaded pickup. That's true. This that's is the reality true. we're talking about. Loaded pickups are 60 to 70 now. You buy yourself a 997 nuts. Carrera, everybody's going to think, wow, that was expensive. And you're going to be able to say your monthly payment is less than theirs.
1: It's shocking, yeah, but true. That's nuts. That's nuts.
0: Hopefully something in there helps you, Alex.
1: All right. Well, we had an email here from Jamin. Mm hmm. He's writing in with a question that addresses what you you kind of do say a lot here. I do, yeah. Which is funny. So, Jamin says that Todd always talks about owning an orange teenager's car. He's going to be turning 40 in a few months, and he currently has a 2014 WRX hatchback. Mm-hmm. So, nice segue into what Alex was already thinking here. Yep. Maybe Alex could buy Jamin's car, and Jamin goes and gets possibly different. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling that you that might work. The pink slip thing is gonna, the swap is gonna. One day happen it's gonna happen. Show. That's gonna be like, and I'm when it happens, we're this. gonna just
0: talk about it for like four podcasts in a row. We're gonna right. retell the story happened, for four everybody. podcasts anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So he's wondering if he's getting too old for this car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now he's also asking, are there any cars that come to mind that av- that we would avoid recommending for the over forty crowd? due to the image or target market. Mm-hmm. I mean we we could almost go you know the decades of your life from new driver to <laughs> hey welcome to your 20s. Hey what should you drive when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s? Yeah. Because we are in a group of uh a group of guys here, the coffee club here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh it's interesting to me how there's a lot of guys getting Teslas. So yeah. I think what yeah. is the age bracket for mm-hmm. a Tesla? You could see young guys in them, you can see older guys in them.
0: Yeah. There's yeah.
1: some cars that are in a sense ageless for mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. of the target demographic market. Cadillac has come down, but Cadillac in the minds of most people is still yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that's the mm-hmm. old people's car. Buicks, whatever. I'd never consider that. Mm-hmm. Subaru, I think less so. I, I really, I don't think of this. As it's the official car of the, the Rocky
0: Mountains. They're they they're they are ageless cars. They are because Grandpa they has are. one that he handed down to his son, who handed it down to his teenage daughter, who just started driving. They've yeah. all driven the same Subaru. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, how about Jeeps? Jeeps are kind of an ageless. You could see young. People driving them except for the Jeep Wrangler them. rule, except for your Jeep Wrangler rule, I, which is hilarious. My Jeep
0: Wrangler rule, is, and I coined it in California, it doesn't always work everywhere, but in California, I'm telling you, my Jeep Wrangler rule never failed. Never, it, it's, true. it's true. In LA, it was, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> you could count on it. If you see a Jeep Wrangler driving down the road, yeah, and of course, you know. From all the pieces on it to no pieces on it. There's 8 million variations. Did you take just the top off or just the top and the doors? Did you leave the little extra little, like, what, what do they call it? They call it the bikini top or something on yeah, the top? There's yeah. that. There's all kinds of little variations. <laughs> there's a correlation. Certainly in Los Angeles, there's a correlation between if there's a girl driving that Jeep... The fewer pieces on the car, the hotter she is. I don't know why this is the I've case. I've always enjoyed this rule. I don't know why this is the case. It's true, though. But in L.A., it was just you could count on it. If you were pulled up behind a Wrangler <laughs> and it was a completely bare Wrangler, that person was – and honestly, sometimes it worked with guys, but it always worked with women. Yeah. That person was insanely hot behind the wheel. If they had, like, the doors on, they were – Attractive. You're like if a... they had all the pieces on, don't look. Don't look. Exactly. okay. But anyway. Don't even bother. Don't... That's terrible to say. It's terrible Gosh. to say. But but in LA, in the summertime, you could pretty much set your watch by it. Uh, anyway, how did I get there? <laughs> well, uh, I'll wrench you back here. Okay, we were talking please.
1: about the orange teenager's car. Yes. I think it's a phrase that you do use quite a bit. I use it a lot
0: because it's true. It's
1: true. I, I agree. I mean, when I got pulled over the other day, I felt like the officer was about 14. But, yeah wow, OK, <laughs> this yeah. is where we're at. Yeah. Uh, no, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts here and a bit of an explanation here about well, what you're thinking in terms of what car is too old. Are WRXs too old? Personally, I don't think so.
0: Well, in no way do I think so. You've touched on the way this actually strikes my brain. Two, two thoughts, Jamin. The first headline here is, I don't think there's any such thing as being too old for a car. If you want to drive a car, go drive it. And I say that in, in this category. What's too old for mountain biking? What's too old for skiing? Different people, oh, yeah. different people get into a place in their life where, like, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I knew guys that climbed rocks like crazy in their 20s and hit 30 and just went, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. And I went, what happened? And there's people
1: that you and I have met in their, in their 30s, and they say, yeah, skiing. I'm too old for that. And I think...
0: No, Yeah. no, no.
1: you're. What's the saying? It's not. You know, you're know. you not too old for skiing. You're too old because you say you're... Yeah, you,
0: you know, well, that age is a state yeah. of mind in, in a big way. Because so that, that yeah. plays in here in a big way, Jamin, because I, I think the, I, I've seen plenty of genuinely old guys driving cars that, wow, I didn't expect an old guy to get out of that car. But if he's but loving cool, it though. and enjoying it, that's awesome. I do think that the situation works the other way, though. I think there are cars you can be too young to be in.
1: Like a Corvette?
0: Well, like an Audi (laughs) A8.
1: Yeah. I don't care
0: how far they've come down as used cars. If an Mm -hmm. 18-year-old gets out of an Audi A8, I go, what are you doing in that
1: car? What are you doing? Is that your mom's car? Yeah, it it just seems odd. I think there are
0: cars you have to grow into. But I also feel like if you're a car enthusiast and you love your car, there are no cars you grow out of. I your, agree. your peers I agree. might feel like, why are you still driving that? But if your answer is because I love it, then you know what? Done. Agreed. And you love your car. I love it. You're thinking about others, but, you know, I, and, I love that you love it, too. It's, it's about being self-aware here, Jamin. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It, and that's why I make jokes about driving the orange teenager's car. I know what the demographic is for the car. I know that I'm not what people expect to get out of that vehicle. I just like driving it. So I drive it. Yeah, you know. So, so it, I think as long as you're self aware, that's fine. But Jamin, there's another part of this category here. You're a young guy. First off, forty is not old, and secondly, your wife—you've told us—is twenty-seven. <laughs> so she's keeping you young.
1: Yeah, and she has an Audi S3. And the last <laughs> sentence here is, "Huh, might need to work out a trade <laughs> deal with her." Yeah. Why not? You know what you could do is. Drive the S three and go buy her a new car, unless of course she won't give it up yeah. and she loves yeah. it. Mm. Hi, Jamin's wife.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you're listening.
1: <laughs> well, we're just saying can, hello. We're just making suggestions. Can I
0: can I can so I, 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 I acknowledge the fact know. that Jamin has obeyed a rule of a friend of ours here in Park City? Not my rule. This is tacky. And <laughs> and Jamin is, uh, and your wife, I, I I'm admitting Sam, right now calling this is out. tacky. We're calling me out. But we have a friend here in town. Because this is Park City, and Park City is, look, I feel blessed to live here, but there is, a, there is an incredibly uh, wealthy demographic here, and there's people oh, that yeah. are in retirement. There's people that are on their second lives, if you will. True. So that means there's guys that own companies that they're on their second or third wife. Jamin, that's not the case. I'm not heading there with you, but follow my logic here. I'm, coming, I'm bringing it back, I promise. And then their second or third wife. We have a friend here in town locally who says there's a rule if you're going to have a young wife, and the rule is cut your age in half and add seven. Jamin's 40. His wife is 27. The math works. The math works. Brilliant. Brilliant. Bang on. And she's keeping you young, Jamin, which I love. So the S3 is not a bad idea, but what car do you want? There's nothing wrong with the guy that WRX. What car do you want? Go get that car. If you like it, you like it. Age is not an issue here. It really isn't. I feel like the Corvette C7 has broken the Corvette mold.
1: In terms of, I, I could see young guys in their twenties driving. It certainly
0: has for you and me. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, we would consider this car absolutely. And I think Porsches of all kinds span the demographic. I think mm-hmm. Jeeps do, from you know the the Rubicon Wranglers to you know whatever that mm-hmm. is. I feel like that's, that's irrelevant. A, that's a great Teslas one too. Yeah, Tesla's are yeah, yeah. kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. There's so many more categories, or so many more car manufacturers that I feel are irrelevant. There's a few, like mm-hmm. a Volkswagen Cabriolet. We're not going to suggest that to you here. Or, true, true. You know what I mean? There are cars that you see, okay, there is a definite target market here. Yeah. But okay, there's more that are not than more cars that I feel like are kind of locked into that. So go for it. Drive something you love. Yeah.
0: I mean, I could see somebody 18 or 20 in a Fiat 500 abart, and I could see a guy yeah. 70 climbing out of an abart. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Yeah. Something about the, the the guy that's 20 that has an Abarth, I think, that's a cool car, man. Good choice. The guy that's 70, I think, I want to be you. You're cool. I want to be you when yeah. I'm 70. That's yeah. just awesome. So there you go, Jamin.
1: Agreed. Well, let's jump into some questions here because we've got, well, boatloads of questions so here. So
0: many. So many.
1: <laughs> we've called it out here on uh, on Instagram. <laughs> so you, you like my oil
0: change photo, do you? Yeah, a few people like that. Actually, but one person made the comment where they said they, you were keeping your hands CPO, certified Paul-owned. You were keeping your Just hands because unbelievably wearing clean. You're wearing, but because but here's, but here's the crazy thing about that photo. You're changing your own oil. Yes, I'm making fun of you. You're changing your own oil. I'm also going to make fun of myself in the process. So okay, hang on. Okay. You're changing your own oil. In your garage. Yeah. You and your garage are cleaner than I am when I go out for the night.
1: (laughs) Lots of teasing continues with the certified Paul-owned. It's the best way to buy a car. It comes up in almost every car debate we have. It's so funny.
0: All the cars you've owned, whoever has bought them has got a far better (laughs) car than they would have ever found of of that example because of how you treat your cars.
1: Well, look, I keep them nice using Covercraft products. I've used them for years. Mm -hmm. I've used the car covers. They are excellent if you're parking outside Hey, if you're parking inside, you can get the thin nylon ones to but keep d- it
0: dust free as well. I, I, only you would worry about dust on your inside parked hey. car. But I will say that the one you had for your Audi I think may have also been bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, just about. It was fantastic. But, but the thing about all these covers is for whatever your car, if you're going to be ridiculous and cover it inside or you're going to do your <laughs> bulletproof thing like you did for the Audi, sure. it's Covercraft.com for anything you want. And you can use the code DEBATE for free shipping in the continental U.S. Yeah, I had to try to figure out how to look somewhat presentable on camera this morning. And then everybody called out that we weren't wearing the uniform.
1: Yeah, true. Well, we don't... You know, we wanted to look a little bit nicer than just well, T-shirts. except... T-shirts are fine. Except as I but, was
0: getting ready this morning, you know. my wife said, are you going to wear red?
1: Well... And the, the TV producer folks recommended that you don't. We were specifically they, they said,
0: told to not wear red. Throw so, red yes. out. So. But I did think it was funny. I don't want so. my, Exactly. My <laughs> wife was like, hey, are you going to wear red? I said, actually, I'm, I'm not. But uh, no, we did not wear the uniform. Uh, but I did like your CPO oil change. That was quite impressive. I'm always fascinated by the misconceptions that happen about car ownership. And one of the ones mm-hmm. that I feel like everybody knows. You don't have to be a car guy. Everybody knows it. 3,000 miles change your oil, which isn't actually right. Exactly. Don't fall
1: for that rule. You should look up the manufacturer's recommendation. Mm -hmm. Look in your guide in the owner's manual, and then you should do AMSOIL because their synthetics give you 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required by the industry standard.
0: Well, and some of their stuff will last 25,000 miles, according to their testing, which I don't recommend. Please don't do that. The (laughs) 3,000 is one thing, but the 25,000, we're not recommending either. But those products are great. Amsoil.com, they have a great lookup table. We've been posting links for that, where you can look up your car, find the exact right product from them.
1: No, changing the oil on the Jeep was easy, because it's got the uh, the air suspension, the ride height stuff. Oh, sure. So I put it on the off-road setting number two, which lifted it to its maximum height. Crawled right under, oh, sure. drained the oil. It's sure, no problem. It was actually really easy because in the past, you and I have had to, you know, throw mm-hmm. the cars up on ramps and do yeah. it that yeah. way, which is still good. But yeah, the Jeep was it made it really easy. So uh, anyway, um, that was a lot of fun. But uh, good questions here. Uh, gosh, jumping did you see, in.
0: Do you see Kyle's here? Kyle's calling me out. Kyle says, "So Todd, what happened to getting a cheap Phaeton? He thinks it would be a really fun car for us to do a. He puts it in quote, interesting long term series on." Kyle, I'll be really honest with you. It's still in play. The discussion point has not died. It comes down right now (laughs) to two things, money and time. Yeah. All of the time is going into the TV work. And wow, I'm ahead of it, but the wave is growing. So a lot of it's going into the TV work. And then the other thing is just the financials of it. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of outgo this year. I mean, obviously we got podcast studio and other stuff. There, there were there were costs for us. You wouldn't believe the costs that come up when you're going. I'm on TV. <laughs> oh wait, we have to pay for that. We have to pay for that. Pay for that. deliverables and stuff. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get to a place where we can talk about it seriously. It hasn't died. Paul is not really entirely on board, <laughs> but it is more time it's and money okay. than anything. It's yeah, okay. You're know. you're worried about buying a, a huge. Whole, pile hole for our money to go into yes, and I guess a, that's a, a genuine concern hole in the show's that's, a, that's a genuine concern I get it so Kyle hasn't gone away we're just trying to be somewhat smart about this absurdity
1: <laughs> yeah well uh, it, it might happen we'll have to see we're still generating a whole bunch of ideas for season 2 and, and the rest of this shoot year so lots, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, lots of inquiries are going out which is great so uh, definitely keep you posted on that what else? Uh, oh, Spectre twenty one twelve asks about which sedan I think under forty k has the best overall proportions, visually, mm, design mm. wise. He's likened this the Mazda six, which I have which to is agree with. Beautiful. I saw beautiful. one the other day, and I just I am re admiring that car. Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. remembering, thinking I'm loving the direction that Mazda is going. Yeah, the yeah. The six yeah. was done a few years ago now, but the the Mazda styling family has gone even more.
0: I'm with you on that car. I mean, it looks great. And I feel like it's pretty ageless, too. I mean, you're talking about how long it's been out. I saw one this morning. In fact, he came flying up behind me, and I let him by. But I saw one this morning, and I just thought, that's a great-looking car. Hmm. It doesn't feel like it's a great-looking car that's getting a little old. It just looked great. Hmm.
1: Yeah, agreed, agreed. Good design does not have to be just for expensive products. Mm -hmm. You can have a very well-designed toothbrush. That's
0: a $2 toothbrush. True.
1: Good design still applies, and it should Mm -hmm, still apply, mm -hmm. but I agree that the Mazda is way up there. Do you have any
0: others that strike you?
1: Good. um, Gosh, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I I do like what Hyundai's doing. They have gone pretty crazy for a while and just Mm -hmm. into the stop-drawing category, (laughs) but they're starting to bring it back, and Kia, with the Stinger, I've got to say, that's right in that sweet spot, too. We can't wait to drive that car. I've been putting out requests for that, and uh, and we're definitely interested in that. But I
0: think the ATS is really nicely proportioned. Do you? Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's polarizing styling. I think the Mazda six is kind of one of those cars everybody can go. Yeah, it's a nice looking car. Sure. The ATS I think is a little more love it or hate it, but I really think it's well done. I think mm-hmm. it's just really nicely styled.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, what else? Here? Did you
0: see uh, Joe Roberts asked an interesting question? Uh, of course we are. We're talking about Amsoil because they are helping us on TV, which is wonderful, and we appreciate their dedication to quality because they like our dedication to quality. That's great. Joe is calling out AMSOIL because he's always used AMSOIL in his cars. Hmm. However, now he has a brand new Fiesta ST, Hmm. and the dealer gave him a lifetime warranty, powertrain warranty, as long as he brings the car to the dealer for oil changes. Hmm. So he's going, do I worry about this lifetime powertrain warranty and go to the dealer and let them put in whatever they're going to put in? Or do I do it myself, chuck the warranty, and do AMSOIL? I'm going to say to you, Joe, in general, if you're going to get help on maintenance, embrace the help on maintenance. I I think that's – That's hard
1: to turn down, to be honest. If they're offering that, I mean, the other problem is you you can't control what they're putting in
0: not as much. I mean, but you can still get a synthetic, you can still get a nice yeah. synthetic out of it. It's not like you have to go with the actual dino juice, but sure. You know, but but and you're also making the point that it's the same price for them to do their oil change as it would be for you to do it yourself, except in this equation, you don't have to do it yourself. I mean, honestly, it's Joe- down,
1: It's hard to turn down the free money thing.
0: Very, very hard. Very hard. Because the thing for me, Joe, this is the reason why, honestly, these days, I don't do much work on my own car. It has nothing to do with lack of interest. It's lack of time. My time yeah. is better served doing things for the show than crawling under my car to do something so I pay somebody to do it. Right. So, I mean, it's not like I have money to throw around, but that—that that is, you know, when something needs to be done, I get it done by someone that can do it faster and better. So I think, Joe, stay with, Stay with the dealership in this equation. If it's going to be sixes, then why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. It's hard to turn down free money, to be honest. So um, I, I like that. All right. Scrolling through here. Uh, more questions. Uh, man. <laughs>
0: it's like. Good would you rather question from Keith. Do you see this one? Um scrolling. On. Where was that? That was on Facebook. He said, would you rather daily drive a Toyota Corolla or a Harley Electroglide.
1: Oh yeah, here it is.
0: He's he's pretty much just given me a poison pill. That's pretty much what yeah, he's done.
1: Pretty much. And the Electroglide has the speakers mm-hmm. that would have the stereo going. So I know, I know it does. <laughs> and I,
0: I, in spite of my rants on both, I'm gonna go with the Harley. Are you really? I am. I am. Are you? The the, I can the, see the Corolla you is that. the Corolla is vile, and I don't have to turn the stereo on. It's That's got the a other spoiler part it. the back that makes it fast. I don't have to turn the stereo on on the Harley.
1: <laughs> oh, you don't. Uh, Sean Quinn is asking about the trend of high end car manufacturers saying the tires were designed with in association with whoever oh, the tire yeah, manufacturer yeah. Yeah, yeah. is, specifically for this car. Very annoying to him. Yes, tires are important. But he's asking, can this really make a difference that anyone will ever find? Well, some of it's branding. But I will say, I believe that a lot of it has to do with the dynamics of the car and the dynamics of what the mm. engineers and designers are mm-hmm. trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, think about the, the positioning of this car. If it's you know a, a hot GT car or a sports car, whatever yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. they're trying to achieve specific numbers and mm-hmm. specifications And the tires really literally are the place where the car is connected to the road. They can have the best engineering, the the suspension and Mm -hmm. geometry and all this stuff sorted out. But tires can let you down. And so they might give a tire manufacturer specs of, okay, we want this level of mechanical grip. The tire is, or the car is weighted. Maybe it's imbalanced or maybe it's perfectly balanced
0: Mm -hmm. front Mm -hmm. to rear
1: or, you know, it's not corner weighted. Who knows what the dynamics of the car are that they've designed, and then they say, we need a tire that's going to maybe overcome this because of the engine placement and the Mm -hmm. weight distribution, could a tire be the the last link here? Not a band-aid on a bad design, but more of a, could it exploit what we've already done here? Absolutely. Then I say yes. Now, is there still a marketing partnership and branding for both? Of course there is. Yes. Yeah. But that still can, I mean, the carcass of the tire for, you know, how... Thin or thick that is, you know how much material is there. Yeah, all those kinds of things come into play. I mean, we think of the Bugatti Chiron, the Veyron, which is the extreme end of
0: it. But you're, but there's the same thing we're talking exactly, about. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. But you know, for dynamics of the car, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, I, I think it matters.
0: Well, I think I think you're right. And here's the other part: the only reason I think that it's okay is the fact that generally those tires don't become one-off tires. Those tires Mm -hmm. aren't sold just for that car. Almost every situation, look at some, Porsche was one of the first to do this, and some of those uh, tires became like the Pilot Supersports. I'm getting my story a little wrong, but you're following what I'm saying Mm -hmm, here. mm -hmm. The tires that are specifically designed for a car end up in some form being just sold to go on lots of cars. So it's actually moving tire development forward. With the exception of things, the extreme things like the Chiron, the tires are now out there. I mean, I think about the... That. the the p uh the, the Pirelli P0 Nero, you know, bubblegum tires that were put on the Z28 made out of used chewing gum Seriously. The ones for the Z28 were like they spent time with Pirelli and they figured it out. Mm. Well, that tire you can just buy now. True, and it's sticky true. as it's sticky as glue. And then like the tires that were just specifically designed for the Alpha Quadrifoglio
1: right julia
0: quadrifoglio you're gonna be able to buy those tires so the only reason i think it's okay is because that's pushing tire development to create a specific kind of tire that now is available for other things Mm -hmm. to the other part of your question though will you ever notice (laughs) i don't know how hard are you driving this car if you're driving a z28 on the track get the tires they put on it from the manufacturer if you're driving a quadrifoglio in traffic Put on whatever.
1: <laughs> Put on whatever tire. Seriously. Wait, we never say that. We, we don't, don't, but you know what I mean here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm still looking for good stuff here. I'm looking for gold here.
0: Uh, Christopher Gatsky asked a question that I was surprised by the answer that struck me, but it struck me right away. Okay. He said, what is the one cabin amenity you couldn't live without?
1: Ooh. In the
0: cabin of a car. Now, I'm going to mm-hmm. admit, Christopher, that I'm assuming... Because all cars pretty much have this now. I'm assuming air conditioning exists, so I'm gonna yeah, not put. I, yeah. I'm talking about extras, and I will tell you one, because it because it is actually great in my little cheap bad interior Scion FRS. Orange teenager's I car? want yeah, exactly. I want Bluetooth with streaming audio.
1: Yeah. You know I use what? it constantly. The, the Porsche doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. It's it's an Achilles heel. Yeah. Porsche makes terrible nav systems and horns. They're <laughs> awful.
0: <laughs> but but I but I, I do the Bluetooth system in the Scion is actually really good. It's easy. It does great streaming. It it handles the phone very well. And I use it every time I drive the car. There's not a time I drive the car that I am not using it in one way, shape, or form. That's yeah. why I've got to say that.
1: Yeah, that's a really good one actually. Because I think you know what nav screens. Don't need it. You don't need it. We've got our phones. Don't Who have cares? to have heated
0: seats. Yeah. No. You know, i I don't even need. I don't even need power locks. I can reach that far. <laughs> well, but your car's small, so. But I'm not going to drive a monster. That's just not me. It's true. That's so yeah, true. I just I, I start going through the list and going. So few. now, granted, I am assuming air conditioning, but so few other things I care about. But that mm-hmm. I'm using every time.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good one. Well, uh, Scott Durell is asking which of our past girlfriends had the best car. What was the car, and was she a better driver than you? Well, <laughs> I'll just say across the board, flat out, no. I would never admit that. <laughs> she was never a better driver. I did have a girlfriend in high school who was better than me at everything. She'd, you know, rollerblading, soccer. She'd ski faster, yeah. everything. She's also the one that had the Adidas logo shaded in the side of her head. I remember that story. That yeah, was same, amazing. Same girl. Yeah. Okay,
0: um, that happened. Okay, Yeah, she could do everything. I wonder if she still better. does. <laughs> she, does she still... I this many years know. later, have happen- OK, yeah, let's move on.
1: I don't know. Uh, well, uh, one of my girlfriends had an Audi A4 that I really dug. Mm. It was a pretty recent A4, and she was good. But, you know, unless our girlfriends and wives are really true car enthusiasts, I don't think the driving really matters. Mm. Although you and I were in a conversation this morning with the host on television mm-hmm. on PC T V yes. debating the merits of well, does everybody say they're a good driver? Well of course they yeah, do. Everybody Nobody will thinks admit they're... to you no. that they're a bad driver. Has anybody ever said, you Here's know the, what, I'm terrible. You know,
0: the only people that say that, honestly, are the people that are scared of driving. Yeah. If you're not scared yeah. of driving, I have met people that are genuinely scared of driving, don't like to drive, and they will say, I'm a terrible driver, but they don't like to drive. They wish mm. they didn't have to drive. Yeah. I have seen that. But if you're a person that is out of that category, I've never come across, one person like, yeah, I'm not a good driver. My, my mother-in-law, <laughs> who, who will not be listening to this podcast, is a terrible driver. <laughs> and I know that if wow. I said that to her face, she would be so unbelievably offended because she would wonder how on earth I could say that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm feeling bulletproof because I know there's no chance she's listening to this <laughs> I'm podcast. I'm sitting
1: in a degree yeah. of minor shock
0: over here, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Whenever she climbs into my wife's Cayenne, I just kind of brace myself for how that car comes back. It's always been fine, but the Cayenne is the first in a long line of vehicles we've owned. So, yeah, anyway. I
1: do remember her cracking the mirror off your Acadia uh-huh. backing out of the garage. Oh, more thinking, than once. No, no, mirror, no, no. You should no, be no. using Paul, the mirror Paul, to
0: more, Paul More than once, Paul. You're kidding me. This was not a single occurrence. Like, you
1: can see the stuff that's in the way of the you, mirror when you back out of the...
0: Because okay. here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all screw up. We of all course, have accidents. It's easy to ding a car. It happens. I get it. It's a pattern I'm referring to. That's what I'm <laughs> referring to. The pattern shows the truth. Anyway... <laughs>
1: I loved Sam Huppert's question on here. What's Paul's trick to keeping his garage certified? Paul It it is. No, the secret is pointing the camera in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> the camera lies. You've told me this yes. since the beginning. Yes, and it's up to us to create, you know, the the image that we want to see, and that is a yeah. very carefully curated camera angle. I f- just yeah. If it were forget- to the right, you'd see all the. Junk and bicycles yeah. and stuff. I forget
0: where <laughs> in my film school process somebody made the comment where, like, the camera never lies. And they were making that comment about people on camera. You know, am I really that old? Do right. I really look that fat? Yes. Sorry, camera never <laughs> yes, lies. Yes, you do. But here's the thing though. I, I disagree. The camera always lies. The camera tells <laughs> the story that you tell it. And when if you really want to see that, ever see behind-the-scenes photos of little tiny close-ups on a film set, like a big film set, pick a Star Wars or a Transformers or a movie with tons of budget, if you can ever see a behind-the-scenes photo of when they shoot a little tiny close-up, the world in front of the camera for two or three feet is this pristine, perfect, beautiful world. And for a two hundred and seventy-degree circle around that, there is carnage of people and lights and gear and madness and cords, and it looks like a war zone. But right in front of the lens, it's beautiful. So yeah, the camera always lies. You did a good job on that photo too. Well,
1: oh, thank you. That was that was very highly curated. That's uh, that's my secret. Is just <laughs> yes. point the camera good in the right direction. That's that's it. Uh, okay, what else is on your list here? Uh,
0: let's see. Cajun Michael wrote in and said uh, a good either-or question. All right. Surprised myself with this answer, too. If you had to give up one of the above
1: oh, for go. your daily
0: driver, okay. would you give up either manual transmission or reliability for your daily driver? Uh, and uh, as much as I love manuals, and I do, if the car doesn't start, I don't care what the transmission is. Automatic it is. The car's got the car's gotta work. Yeah. It just has to work.
1: And especially being a daily driver. Yeah. The the reliability on that car has to be high. Now, for the cars that are our weekend cars and our fun project cars, all that stuff. Sure. Of course. But if it's your car you rely on every day, I mean mm-hmm. imagine you're going out early, you've got yeah, a yeah. job interview or mm-hmm. some big appointment. Or you you're late to being on television because, because you I had, had to, to unclog, to unclog, toilet. unclog exactly a toilet. Right. Exactly right. If my
0: car hadn't started this morning, I would. Have, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, you're right. That would have been the insult to injury there. Uh huh. Like
1: how I tied that back together. Yeah. Well done, by the way. I thought so. All right. Uh, <laughs> scrolling, looking here.
0: We've covered we've covered most of the ones that I really marked. That doesn't mean there aren't many, many more. But we've covered the ones that I marked. Man.
1: Oh, Dammy, best front best handling front wheel drive car you've ever driven. Fiesta ST mm. done check the box yeah
0: done well easy. i w- you know i will say though fiesta st i would say is great handling and one of the most fun but you know another great one genuinely great one the Renault Megane that we drive on the ring
1: <laughs> yeah that is pretty awesome you're right it
0: doesn't right. have the tail happy playfulness of the fiesta but it is every bit as good or better as a handling car. As a
1: handling dynamics, yeah. There's a
0: reason why our friends at RSR use that as a ring car. It is an unbelievably good front-wheel drive car.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. One quick scan here. Uh... <laughs> Man, yeah, so many good questions here
0: you see Goran's question? He said, what's the best way to launch an automatic car? He's seen a lot of people step on the gas while holding the brake and then release the brake. That is actually the simplest best way in some cars. I, I will I will give a shout-out to Porsche real quick because so so many automakers now have launch control in their vehicles, and the launch control is go down to submenu C and then category X and find launch control and set launch control and hit this button and hold down the trash control. Porsche is very simple. You come to a stop, foot on the brake. Floorboard it. And the car goes, oh, you want to do a launch? And it will lock the RPM at like 4,000, 4,500. It just instantly knows launch control, sidestep the brake, and you're off. Yeah. And it's not like. And is it
1: bad for the car? Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> but it is. It is. Yes. <laughs> yep. But the Porsche will keep doing it over and over it's all true. day long. That's true. So, but that, honestly, all launch control Gorin should be like that. Unfortunately, it is not.
1: Jeff H. is asking us and has asked for, I think, the last four or five podcast rounds here. Diligence pays off. There it is. does. He's asking, what websites do we prefer for car searches? There's a section, there's an article that I wrote on Mm -hmm. everydaydriver.com that is sort of the, the secret sauce. The websites I always go to, which is ever expanding, I need to add to this list. So Jeff, if you go to our website for that, there's a lot of dealerships. But in general, we use Auto Trader. We don't call them out often because we'd love to be sponsored by AutoTrader. So if anybody's <laughs> listening, <clears throat> Mark, uh, we'd love to be sponsored by Auto Trader.
0: <laughs> yes. Wow. I had to slide that, that in That was there. as subtle as my, uh, <laughs> and, my and mother-in-law law commentary. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I'm
1: sure he's laughing right now. Uh, but you know what? We'd love to be sponsored because we do recommend so many used cars all the time. And when we go shopping. That that is we we, we use, use a bunch of them.
0: We use Car Gurus. We use yes, we uh, you do. know we. Oh, oh, there's three or four others out there. I mean, there are the big ones for sure. And then of course, yes, you wrote your big secret sauce thing, that broke down like all the weird special places where you find these pristine things that are twice what I can afford, but yet I'm trying to figure out what body parts to sell. I mean, there is that really good article on our website about that.
1: Yes. You keep sending me Lotus Elise links. How can I not? I don't know.
0: All I can do right now is drool. One day, hopefully, it, it will happen before too long. But I, I, right now, I'm sorry, I found the perfect one. I'm not even going to tell you, dear listeners, where it is. But I found the perfect one right now that I can't even share.
1: Oh my gosh. Well uh let's leave things there. We'll uh wrap it up and thank you guys again for all your massive questions, your creative questions, and all your support. We're really, really feeling it. We appreciate it. We're working hard for the rest of this year. The shooting season has just begun. Yes, which is our great. shooting season is getting very We've got serious. So many ideas and, and uh episodes and comparisons that we're beginning to put together and, and things are beginning to come together. So Again, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it.
0: You're listening to this on a Friday. That means tomorrow on Velocity. Tomorrow morning, we are on Velocity Channel again. This is our sixth week of 13 weeks on Velocity, early Saturday morning. Thank you to all of you that have responded about that. We really appreciate it. Just so you know, this week is a rerun of week one. Some of you didn't find it by week one. Week one was our greatest hits piece. You want to understand why we like the Fiesta and the FRS and the WRX and the Mustang. You want to know why. It's all four of those cars compared. Actually, I know somebody here locally that had not seen that piece. They saw it when it first ran, Mm. and they came up to me and they went – is that little hatch really that fun? And I said, did you see the piece? And they said, yeah, but I would have never. I said, that's what we're talking about. Fiesta ST, welcome. So that's on tomorrow. And then a week from now is one of our favorites. Tell the good
1: people. Tell everyone this is great. Well,
0: it's actually a cut down of our feature film, Mid Engines and Mountains. I took that. It's 60 minutes long. Actually, the total content I took was about 66 minutes long. I cut that to twenty two. It is a TV-sized chunk of that film that's actually cut down pretty well. It actually worked pretty well. Well, it's actually so
1: three now, right? It
0: is. It's a, whole, it's a whole detailed story. But, yes, it's TV length. Let's put it that way. It fits nicely in the half hour. Let's just leave it there. Yes. And, uh, and so that has happened, and it is actually – it's become its own little piece Mm -mm. I took it and just I think there's a piece, there's a TV-sized chunk out of this, and it's just not a straight lift. It's a different cut, and it plays pretty well. So that'll be a fun one to share with all of you and those of you that don't get velocity. That's right, it will wind up on YouTube later.
1: Thank you guys again. Really appreciate it, and keep the questions coming. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers.